politicians are the virus. Yeah, man, maybe I am dumb. You think you're free? You think you're free just because you can't see the cage they keep you in? Fauci jerked off a pangolin, and now we all have COVID. It's us against them, guys. Get out there and spread that love and liberty. Let's go. Hello, my genderless woke friends. Welcome to The Dad Presents. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you. And today, we've got an amazing guest. We've got Andy Schoonover. He's the CEO of Crowdfund. It was a great conversation, and the audio came out tremendously. However, I recorded an intro like I always do, and for whatever reason, the audio came out like crap. It sounds a little wonky. And, and the reason most likely is that I suck at my job here. I'm trying for you guys, but I'm just not that good at this. Uh, so if you want to, you know, if you want to try to tough it out and listen to the intro, be my guest. If you'd rather skip forward to the good stuff with Andy and, and, and treat the intro like a flyover state, like one of those boring states like Kansas or Missouri, go to about minute 16. I think that's where the interview starts. Love you guys. Thanks for joining. I got, I got six great guests coming up in the next three weeks. Some amazing interviews. Go to the Facebook page for the schedule. You're going to dig them all. All right, guys, let's get into the show. Man, I miss you guys. It's been more than a week since we've talked. Miss you guys. I was out in Montana. It's a beautiful state. I loved it. It was snowing one day, and then the next day, I'm out in the back splitting wood in my backyard with my shirt off looking svelte. And then the next day, it's snowing again. It's freaking wild. Super bad dad on YouTube. Please subscribe. And that's enough begging for today. The wheels of change are in motion, and it's awesome. I'm optimistic today. I am feeling good about the direction of America for the first time in a long time. We're regaining control of the narrative, and it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I don't know if you, you guys are probably aware. My, my audience, you're pretty smart, so I'm sure you've seen what's going on. But if you haven't, let's catch up. CNN, Netflix, Spotify, Disney, things are in chaos. And here's what's going on. If a company gets woke they go broke. That's not my phrase. I'm stealing it, but it's true. And I've been telling you guys for two years that these companies, these companies who pretend to go woke, they do not care about the things they pretend to care for. They don't care. They do not care about trans rights. They don't. They don't care about minorities. They don't care about black folk. They don't care about global warming. What these companies care about is profits. If they cared about the things they said they cared about, then you would see them operating the same way internationally in the Middle East and Africa as they operate here, but they don't. They they pretend they care about trans rights, but they're operating in Saudi Arabia where they throw trans people off of buildings. They care pretend they care about social injustice, but they will literally support slavery and genocide. All they care about are profits. And what these companies are now starting to learn is that the majority of American people don't want to be lectured every day about how they're racist and sexist and homophobic and privileged because of their skin color. People are tired of them and they're starting to walk away from these companies. And now these companies are starting to get the message and it's beautiful. CNN sank $500 million into an online streaming platform. $500 million, that's half a billion dollars into online streaming to open up, you know, online streaming like we do here for like a hundred bucks a show. They spent 500 million and they went out of business in less than 30 days because they only had 10,000 subscribers. 
this piece of shit show that dad presents, we got 100,000 followers on social media and every show gets about 10,000 views and streams. And I'm just one dumb shit with a strong jawline and a big old schnoz and a full head of hair. So how can I do as well as a company that spends half a billion? How is that possible? It's easy. I'll tell you how. I'm not woke. In fact, you might even say I'm anti-woke. I hate that nonsense. But number two, more importantly, I tell the truth. I tell the truth. Sometimes I might get things a little bit wrong. Sometimes you might not agree with me, but you know you're going to get the truth from me as much as I understand the truth. CNN is a bunch of liars spreading corporate state propaganda. They are state propagandists, and people are starting to get it. Look at Netflix. Their shares have gone down 40% in value in the last year. That's massive. That is massive. 40%. That's half their value almost. Why? Well, number one, now they, they got some more competitors. You know, you got Hulu and Amazon and Roku and I don't know. I don't know all the things, but there's a lot of them now. So they have competition. They no longer have a monopoly on the market. But more importantly, number two, people are tired of being lectured. Netflix. You got shows like Dear White People, which is basically just a giant hate fest on old whitey. And guess what? There's a lot of white people in the country and they don't appreciate being hated on. Then you got a show which came out Friday night, which is called He's Expecting, which, which is about a pregnant bearded trans man. And nobody wants to see this stuff. Now, me, I love shows about weirdos and people who are different than me and unrelatable. I do. I love that kind of stuff. Typically, I would eat a show up like this. He's expecting, are you kidding me? A man with a beard who's pregnant, who used to be a woman. That's amazing. But even I'm sick of this crap. I watched the first episode for about two minutes. And in the first two minutes, they were already putting out the message that I'm an asshole. So I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to use my free time being lectured. I get enough of that just by being married. So goodbye, Netflix. Then you got Disney. Disney, this is my, this is my favorite. Okay, Disney decided to get political and tell the world that they were going to fight and overturn the don't say gay bill. Don't say it. Don't say gay. And of course, as we all know, this bill has nothing to do with gay people. Has nothing to do with gay people. Has nothing to do with trans people. It's a simple bill that says if you if your children at the school are between kindergarten and third grade, there can be nothing in the curriculum that teaches them about sex and gender ideology. And that seems pretty reasonable. And most of America agrees with that. And then after that, Disney had like half a dozen videos leaked by executives, which I paid, played for you last week in episode 148. Please go check it out on YouTube. Super bad dad. And in these videos, executives, they're confessing their excitement for, for pushing transgender liberal ideology onto your children in secret and covert messages in their, their movies and, and television shows that are streaming. It's creepy. Creepy stuff. Like, parents don't like that. Parents don't like when you're putting an ideology on them, regardless of what that ideology is. That is not the job of a school. That is not the job of a corporation. So now, Ron DeSantis, I'm sorry, but I love this guy. He's fighting back. He's taking away Disney's special privileges. They have special privileges in Florida. Had no idea. He's taking them away, and liberals are losing their collective minds. Now, did you guys know about these special privileges Disney has? 
They're exempt from paying taxes like everybody else. They don't have to follow the same regulations as their competitors in the state. They were essentially their own libertarian utopia. And that's awesome. And that explains how they were able to kick so much ass and be so much more dominant over their competitors in Florida. Because guess what? The principles of liberty work in the real world. Disney's a perfect example of that. However, it's not really fair that Disney gets to be able to operate independent of government while their competitors have to play by the rules. That's not fair. That's, a, that's government picking winners and losers. Big business loves big government because they can control big government to tilt the rules of the game to favor them. Big government is just a tool for big business. It's just a tool to help them wipe out their competition. What I would prefer to see DeSantis do is give the privileges that Disney has to everybody in the state, level the playing field. But if you're not going to do that, okay, you got to take away their special privileges and make it a level playing field for everybody out there. And that's what he's doing. And you would think that Liberals and the liberal media would love this because they're always ranting about how corporations need to pay their fair share. Well, that's what Ron DeSantis is doing. He's saying, Disney, you got to pay your fair share. You got to pay the same as everybody else. So they love it, right? Nope. They don't love it. They hate it. They've been crying for a week now that one of the biggest companies in the world has to pay taxes. That's your Democratic Party now. They are the party of big business. They are the party of big business, not the party of the little guy. That would be the Libertarian Party. Democrats are the party of big business, and we learned that when they started supporting the lockdowns and executing the lockdowns that put every business in America out of business, at least temporarily, except for Walmart and Target and Amazon and all their other massive corporate donors. The Democratic Party hates... The little guy. They hate the working man. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. All you have to do is look at the policies they've pushed and what those policies have resulted in. And then let's not forget about Spotify. Did you see what they did to the Obamas? The Obamas, the Obamas, former president and his wife got canceled by Spotify. They had a podcast on there. They were making gazillion dollars. They got canceled. Now, the Democratic Party and their corporate media did everything in their power to get Joe Rogan canceled. They called him a racist. They called him a conspiracy theorist. They said he was spreading COVID misinformation and disinformation. Yet, Spotify weathered that storm, and they're happy to keep paying Joe Rogan $100 million. But they canceled Obama. Well, why is that? Well, because Obama ain't making them no money. Nobody's watching Obama. Nobody's listening to Obama. It's boring. And you already know what he's going to say before he says it, because you've heard him say it a million times. He's going to say, wear your mask. He's going to say, we need everyone vaccinated. He's going to say, we need to go bomb Russia. He's going to say all the things you know he's going to say ahead of time. But with Rogan, you don't know what he's going to say. All you know is he's going to tell you the truth as best he can. So people tune in. People tune in, and that's why people listen to this show as well. Not as many as listen to Joe Rogan, and that's unfortunate, but I'm trying. But these companies, whose main goal is to make money, what happened is they misread the room. They misread America, 
and they've now harmed themselves. So how did that happen? How do these companies, these billion dollar companies, how do they screw up so bad? How did they so misinterpret what was going on in America and not catch the vibe? How did that happen? Two things. Number one, they bought into the crap that they see elevated on Twitter. Twitter, if, you, if you're on Twitter, certain crap on there gets elevated and certain stuff gets silenced and repressed. If you're like the dad or you fo- if you follow the dad on Twitter, you're not going to see most of what I push. It's going to get pushed down. You're going to see some liberal nonsense with somebody with a Ukrainian flag or a transgender flag. That's going to get elevated. And not only are you going to see that if you follow them, but I'm going to see that even if I don't follow them because their algorithms press that stuff. They push it in your face. And number two, the second reason these corporations have been failure to recognize what's going on in America is because they believe CNN and MSNBC and NBC and CBS that these media outlets represent how everyday Americans feel. They've bought into the same lies and manipulative propaganda that a lot of your friends and family have. The power of being able to control a narrative, the power of being able to control the conversation in the public square, which is what Twitter is. That power is far more valuable than profits. With that power, you can control who the next president is. With that power, you can control sentiment about wars overseas. With that power, you can manipulate companies into believing things about the American public which are untrue. Twitter doesn't care about profits. They care about narrative control. But the good people of America are waking up. Eyes wide open. We're waking up and the truth is coming to light and companies are learning hard, hard lessons. Things are looking up. Liberty is catching on. Liberty has a chance. I'm excited. Let's get into the show. But first, how about a word from our new sponsor, whom I'm so grateful for, ExpressVPN.com. Let me say that again because I mumbled it because I got mush mouth. ExpressVPN.com slash the dad. ExpressVPN is a VPN blocker. If you're not using a VPN blocker in 2022, you're fucking up. You need a VPN blocker. You don't want government knowing where you are. You don't want government knowing every site you visit. You don't want Google knowing every site you visit. They, they collect this data. They collect data about you. And why is that bad? Well, number one, it's bad because they're making a dollar off of your back. They see where you go. They sell that information to companies who want the information. Why else is it bad? Well, I don't know about you guys, but I don't trust the government. I don't want them knowing everything about me because they've been starting to use that kind of information against the population. A lot of fishy stuff has been going on out there. GetExpressVPN.com slash the dad for three free months. Three free months. And guys, if, if you're using it and, and you don't like it, I don't know why you wouldn't like it, but if you don't like it or if you don't think you need it, cancel before month four. You never pay a dollar. But help a brother out. Help yourself out. Go to ExpressVPN.com slash the dad and get yourself a VPN. Let's get into the show. We are with Andy Schoonover. Andy is the CEO of CrowdHealth, which is about to revolutionize the healthcare world. This project is it's incredibly disruptive to the current power structures in healthcare, the arena I work in. So I'm definitely fascinated to talk to Andy. It's a brilliant idea. And if it catches on, it's going to change healthcare forever. So I'll let Andy tell you all about it. Andy, how are you doing today? I'm well. Thanks for having me. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about talking to you like this. This is something that the world sorely needs us. So before I get into like ask grilling you with questions and inside baseball on it, just tell the people what crowd health is. Yeah. Crowd health is uh, a company that gives people the ability to pay for their healthcare bills outside of the insurance system. So um, I, like I'm sure many of the people listening have just had awful experiences with health insurance. Yeah, right here. What doctors in the network, what is my deductible? What is my copay? What is my out of pocket max? You know, are they going to pay my bill? Are they not going to pay my bill? You know, I get these things in the mail and I'm like, I, this looks like hieroglyphics to me. Um, and so it's, we want to change all that. Um, and we think that you can viably pay your bills without having to use health insurance. And so that's what we're all about. Okay. Yeah. It's a great idea. And you, you mentioned hieroglyphics and I actually just popped on before you came on to, to look at your Twitter, see what you're talking about. And you posted something from a health insurance company that was like a, a loophole for their out of network thing. And like, I'm, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'm not a dummy. I read, I read it four times and I couldn't make sense of, of what this thing was like. The language they use is so confusing. Um, what, what was the experience? You said you had some bad healthcare experiences mm-hmm. that led to the creation of it. W- tell us about that. What was it? Yeah, this is my second go around in healthcare. Uh, so I, I sold my first company back in 2014 and then, uh, rolled off of that after a couple of years. And so like, like many of, of your listeners, I had my health insurance through my employer. So mm-hmm. lost my employer. So I have to go find health insurance, went to healthcare.gov. Uh, I was ignorant at the, at the time. So don't judge me, but, um, got a, a plan for me, my wife and my two girls, and it was 1200 bucks a month. And I kind of joke it worked until I had to use it. Um, yeah. My little one was was having uh, recurring ear infections. And so we went to the ear, nose and throat doc who said, oh, she needs tubes in her ears. Um, so we went to the local hospital, got tubes in her ears, $8,000 for a 15 minute procedure. I mean, we were literally in the hospital for 45 minutes and we $8,000. I'm like, man, this is BS. Like how can you charge eight grand for that? That just doesn't make any sense. Right. And then I was like, well, at least we have health insurance. Um, (laughs) And my health insurance company came back and said it was medically unnecessary. uh, Even though my ear, nose and throat doctor told me that it was going to solve her ear and ear problems. And by the way, it did solve her ear and problems. Um, Medically unnecessary. We're not paying for it. So breathing isn't, isn't necessary. Yeah. Breathing optional. Yeah. So or in hearing optional, right? Um, Oh, it was was a hearing. Yeah, ear tubes, right? Um, And so I had to stroke an $8,000 check to the local hospital. um, And I was pissed. Yeah. Uh, You know, and it's it's one of those things, right? Like, this is missional for me. Like, I've I've been super fortunate. I can can pay the $8,000. But it's 75, 80% of Americans, maybe even more than that, don't have $8,000 in their bank accounts to pay, uh, you know, for for something that can happen to anybody like this isn't like some freak cancer thing this is like ear tubes for kids which happens all the time right mm-hmm. a broken arm you know six or eight grand uh, so these are are pretty benign things that happen that are really really expensive and and so you know one of the things that really pisses me off is we had two hundred and fifty thousand families last year that had health insurance go bankrupt because of a medical event i mean yeah. you have health insurance and you're going bankrupt because yeah. of a medical event. Like the whole point of health insurance or insurance period is 
to not put you in financial distress if you have a big event. And that's not what is happening with, with health insurance. And so we're trying to change that. That's, yeah. that's the mission behind this. Yeah, Andy, it's, it's absolutely unconscionable. You hit on a few things there. So number one, it was eight grand for your, do- for your daughter's little 45-minute procedure. Yeah. They don't tell you the cost ahead of time. It's like you roll in and it, it'd be like if you go to a restaurant and it's one of those high-end restaurants where they just list the food, but everything's market price. That's what you're yep. getting at the hospital, except it's not a $75 lobster. It's an $8,000 ear procedure. It's yeah. it's insane. And then most families, because our economy sucks because of government, uh, they don't have $8,000 in the bank. Most families, like the large majority. So you get something like that. You, you know, Your daughter needs a tiny procedure. Next thing you know, you're in bankruptcy court or you, you're loading it up on a credit card and you're, you're getting $300 a month interest. And now your whole life is ruined. Mm-hmm. It's, it's wild. It's awful. Um, so what, what does crowdfund do? Like, how does this attack that problem? Yeah, just let me, one, one thing about that, whether you're, whether you're on crowd health or not, like one of the, the things I would tell you know, some, any of your listeners, if you get one of these bills, um, first, if you go into the hospital or your doctor's office, what they'll give you is like, it's called a financial responsibility form, which, which basically says you will pay whatever we charge you, regardless of whatever we charge you, right? Like <laughs> that's what that form says. And so yeah. it's which like every time reads. I go to the doctor, I get this same clipboard, like we're in 2022, I'm getting a clipboard, right? Like yeah. a mm-hmm. clipboard of papers. One of those is the financial responsibility form. There's a line in there that says, I, I agree to pay all costs associated with this care. What, what you're what your listeners need to do is is strike through that and say appropriate costs, right? And that then gives you negotiating power later to say what oh. is appropriate cost, right? So do that. That's one. Wow. Do you, is, do you, so do you have your patients actually yes. doing that? Yes. Wow. Okay. Yes. And 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 we have yet to hear a hospital or a doctor's office you know throw a fuss as a result of from doing that. So that's one. Two is. There's actual federal code that says if someone provides you a service that you have not pre-negotiated a price, they must negotiate a price afterwards. So if you get this big, and I wish I would have known this when I had my daughter's bill, right? If you get this big bill, that hospital has to negotiate with you. Um, It is federal law that they do that. Um, And so those are kind of two things that I would just say is like very like, tactical like takeaways to to do with with healthcare and it could save you thousands and thousands of dollars. Um yeah. you know crowd health is is taking some of these tools that I've developed over the last couple of years because you know basically what happened was I got that $8,000 bill, I was pissed, so I canceled my health insurance. I've been uninsured, me and my family have been uninsured for the last two and a half years. So we did a bunch of research and got some a bunch of tools to say okay, how do we do this viably? And so Crowd Health uh, was started uh, a year ago. Actually, our birthday was last week. Um, a year ago, oh, wow. um, and to to put all these tools together to help people um, really, you know, be able to viably do that. So mechanically, here's how it works: when you sign up for Crowd Health, we actually start a, a bank account that's your bank account. It's in your name, FDIC insured, your account. You put money from your personal account into that account every single month, right? And it's about 200 bucks plus or minus um, a, a month per person. If it's a bigger family, we give you a family rate. So that's kind of the, the, the amount that you'll put in. Then you'll use that money to help others in the community when they have a big health expense. So, um, you know, if the Schoonovers, the way it would work is I would have gotten that $8,000 bill. 
crowd health then negotiates it for me. So I'll, the crowd health will call the hospital and said, no, you got to negotiate because it's federal law. I'll get it mm-hmm. down to 4,000. Um, and then the member has to play the first 500. So 4,000 goes down to 3,500. And that 3,500, we then crowdfund that amongst the entire community and say, hey, who in the community will help the Schoonovers with the, their daughter's ear tubes? And so the other people will, you know, each throw in a hundred bucks to help me with, is with it, your tubes. Is it voluntary like that? Like everybody in crowd health, like you literally ask them. Yeah. It's, we literally if, ask them. It's, what it's if like people a say crowdfunding. No? Yeah. So people- if somebody says no, then we move on to the next person. So there are other, I think the other question is like, why would somebody say yes? Right. Yeah. Like, why would I say yes? Well, yeah, um, we I got this, this cool guy. thing. We, we, we have this cool thing internally. Um, it's a, it's a reputation score. So if I asked you, um, you know, 10 times for money and you say no, nine out of 10 times, mm-hmm. when you go and ask the community for money, it will show that you said no, nine gotcha. out of 10 times you asked. Okay. And so I'm not giving Scrooge, you know, who's a crappy part of our community yeah. money. because He doesn't give anybody else any money. And so there's awesome. a, a reciprocity engine that, that drives this internally. Yes. Um, and then not only that, we also are next month going to start to score your bill, which basically says, Hey, you know, is it, you know, did you actually try to, did you allow us to negotiate the bill for you? Or did you go to the Mayo clinic for your flu? Right. And, you know, it's like, we have to start looking for providers in healthcare that are less expensive. And that does not mean that they are less qualified or they are not as good of doctors. And in fact, the less expensive they are, the, the probably the better they are at that specific procedure, right? Yeah. I mean, you think about it, somebody who does knee replacements all day long, and that's all he does, can do that at a much lower cost than the guy who does a shoulder and a knee and a wrist and an ankle, yes. right? No, this you is see a complication. Yes. Um, if you see a complication, you've seen that complication a hundred other times, right? Yes. So there are people in, in you know, are any community out there pretty much that are specialized in what they do. They're better at it. They're lower cost. And we can get the, a price from them that's about 50% less than what the health plan will, will pay them. Yes, and that's they, awesome. And, and they love it, by the way. This is not yeah. like trying to take a p- chunk out of you know the doctor's hide. The, the doctors love getting paid in cash. Sure. Because 30% of their time is dealing with health insurance companies. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, I want to be taking care of my patients and not dealing with health insurance companies. So they love our service uh, probably more than anybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they would. Um, what you're talking about with this, this score of people, um, you hear something like that, that sounds similar to what the government's trying to shove down everybody's throat with these ESG scores, except you guys are using it in the free market um, for good, right? So this is, how, this is how capitalism and a free market would work. Like you would get a score, I would get a score based on, our actual performance in life with our peers for our society responsibilities other rather than government trying to manipulate uh, the market and pick winners and losers. That's, that's, that's a beautiful thing. Um, I didn't realize you're less than a year old. That's amazing. The growth you've made already. Yeah. Um, This, this, this system, if it catches on, it's just, it's super disruptive. Like it can change the game. I've been in healthcare for 20 years. It's, it's a disaster. We don't have healthcare. We have sick care. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So have they come at you yet? Have they called you? Are you rate? Have they labeled you a racist or a sexist or, <laughs> you know, all the, all the tools they have in their kit? Have they done any of that yet? Or are you still off the radar? Yeah. I mean, I think we're, we're, we're still off the radar, but we we've had, you know, trolls who've trolled us and, and say that, you know, throwing out lies that we're not going to pay the bills. And this is just me trying to accumulate a bunch of cash and then take off, you know, take off with it and things like that, which is just, if, if they knew my background, um, you know, I say this humbly, I, this, this is not me trying to do this to make a bunch of money. It really truly is a missional thing. Like I, I see people hurting. I see them. I see, this is the biggest tax on the middle class, right. Is, oh, yeah. is healthcare. And I was like, man, I, let's make an impact here. Like that's, that's what I want to do is make an impact. And so, you know, you have the trolls be the trolls and, and move on. Um, you know, I think that, regulators um we have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars with regulatory attorneys ensuring that what we're doing is 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 regulatorily you know satisfactory and you know the problem with with a lot of code within some of the states is that it was written back in the 1980s you know and and so when you know the internet and technology was was pretty nascent right and so they have not updated their code for these types of things um, and so we're, we're going to have conversations with, with these regulators. And I think what, what they're going to be able to look at is say, Hey, you know, crowd health has been able to crowdfund every single bill thus far. We've had hundreds of bills, um, everything from, you know, $150,000 brain hemorrhage to a $47 pediatric visit, right? Like a big, big range of, of bills have gotten taken care of. And so we're, we're satisfying our people, you know, um, ultimately, the, even when the people are satisfied, this government still feels like they have to protect protect them, right, with consumer protections, which ultimately all it does is just increase your cost and gets you into situations like we're right now. Okay, I, but I got to stop right? you there. Government government will say they have to protect the consumer, but what they're really protecting is their donors, and their donors are the Absolutely. insurance company. And you it's guys are doing. Thing. Yes, you guys are doing, and this is why I say they're going to start calling you racist or something when it gets when it gets bigger because that's what they call everybody who who is a threat to them. You're doing what insurance companies should do. Insurance companies should be out there advocating on behalf of their patients, um, negotiating prices. They they don't do that at all, and that's what's in fact insurance. Co- explain why it's better for an insurance company when the cost yeah. of healthcare goes up. Cause it is, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Right. So <clears throat> people are like bewildered that, you know, like, I don't understand why healthcare costs can be so high. Right. And I was like, look, if you have the buyers of healthcare and the sellers of healthcare, both wanting the price to go up, the price is going up. This is just yep. easy economics. And you're like, wait a second, the buyers of healthcare want the price to go up. Yes. So back in Obamacare. So almost 10 years ago, um, they put in this, this, uh, piece of this, that legislation that says, that health plans can only profit 15% of your premiums. So, you know, outside looking in, people are like, oh, that's beautiful. That's amazing. Like, we don't want them fleecing us. Mm-hmm. But if you think about this, they're for profit entities. So, if I have a $1,000 premium, I'm maxed out at $150 of profit. Right. So, how do I increase profit? I have to increase premium. So, yeah. I, I get $150 at a thousand. But if it's $1,100 premium, I get 165, yeah. right? Like that's what's screwed up about our, our system. It's that it's so perverse. 
right? That the, the, the organizations that are supposed to be negotiating for me actually has an incentive not to negotiate for me. And that's what's, you know, a big, big part of what's, you know, screwing up our system. Yeah. Blue Cross does not care if you can pay the cost of your bill or not. They care about their 25% profit margin, or you said it's 15%. And, and that, just, that just goes along with the entire theme of this show and everything we talk about every week. Everything government does from a central point of view, there's unintended or maybe intended consequences, but they they do something and there's going to be side effects. And the side effects is what, what you're talking about with the 15%, that's price controls, right? That That is price controls in the market and price controls always end bad. I've, I've been saying for about two years now, we're probably coming up around the corner. We're going to start seeing price controls on maybe fuel or maybe food. And when we've seen that in other countries, people start dying. It, it leads to poverty. It leads to death, like a lot of death. Yeah. And what you're talking about, this 15%, that's a price control on healthcare. We don't want price controls. We want free market. We want people like you negotiating on the patient's behalf to get to a fair, uh, a fair cost, not the buyer and the seller who both want the cost to go higher saying, you know, 15%. It's just, it's illogical. Yeah. Well, and there's price controls for half of healthcare right now, like Medicare and Medicaid, all are price controlled is what the government will pay for it. Right. And so, you know, we're already having price controls. What we're seeing with, with healthcare.gov um, is in the, I don't know what it was, the American Cares Act or whatever that, you know, COVID one was, is they basically for healthcare.gov, they've given a big swath of the population free healthcare on healthcare.gov, which in essence is just an expansion of Medicaid is, is what it is, right? And so they're using, you know, this crisis, uh, this pandemic um, to, to take basically more, a bigger chunk of the population under, you know, government control. And so I tell everybody, I was like, look, I made a mistake. I went on healthcare.gov. Um, I, you know, if anybody out there is listening is on healthcare.gov, like if you're on healthcare.gov, you are basically supporting that effort of the, of the government to, to take more and more control over healthcare. And so I would really, whether it's crowd health or something else, like, please look for alternatives, um, mm-hmm. because it is not a good system that the they worst. are. And, it, and it's, and, and I don't want to perform any more of my money helping the government grow their, their piece of healthcare. Cause they do a, a really horrendous job of it. Grotesque. And by the way, you know, uh, healthcare.gov plans last year uh, denied one out of every six claims. So you have a one out of six chance that your you know bill is going to get denied. Yeah. If you're in Tennessee, it's one out of every three. I live in Texas. It's one out of every five. Like these health plans say, we promise we're going to pay your bills. And then one out of every three, five, six times they don't pay it. Right. Or they don't, they, dec- they, de- they decline it much like I got declined, you know, back a few years ago when my, my daughter had her ear tubes. Like it is not a good system. Not at all. Not at all. And yeah, what you're talking about with Medicaid is it's in a way it's crowd fund crowdfunding. Like they're they're the government is taking money from everybody so that other people can be covered, but it's not voluntary. So there's nobody there negotiating the prices and making sure it's it's at a fair market rate. When people are aware that they're paying for this exact thing then they get involved and then they want to see a fair market price. When you just steal the money from them, of course, 
the prices are going to keep going up and up and up. It's just it. That's just logic. That's basic uh, capitalism. It's just, it's common sense. Yeah. Well, here's the thing with Medicaid, and I, you know, whether you like Medicaid or not, here's the issue that the government has is they've actually set the prices so low on Medicaid that doctors won't accept Medicaid patients unless you need patients, which means the Medicaid folks are actually worst. getting the absolute worst doctors. Yes. And in fact, they're the one that that population of people actually need the best doctors because they're having more chronic conditions. Their, you know, BMIs tend to be much higher than the national average. And so, you know, again, like the intention here was to help folks who are poor. And I'm like all for like helping people in our community that need help. But like the way that they've done it have these unintended or maybe like you said, intended consequences that actually make them worse off. Right. And mm-hmm. that's a really hard thing for, you know, the political left to understand. <laughs> no, they don't. You're, you're making people worth off, worse off, not best off, uh, 100%, better off. hundred percent. Look, I, I, I like you, I, I started a healthcare company. I sold it in 2018. Now I work for the, the company I sold to, to supervise, but company's not going super awesome. So now I'm back out in the field for the past couple of weeks, treating patients. I, I was in Skid Row uh, two days ago. And I, I, I've been, I worked on Skid Row 20 years ago and after 20 years of democratic liberal rule out here and giving these handouts and Medicaid, it's 10 times worse than it was 20 years ago. It's not even close. It's awful. The conditions are awful. The healthcare these people are getting, it's, it's basically uh, non-existent. It's just people coming in and, and ripping them off or ripping off the taxpayer um, mm-hmm. doesn't work. You're now here's what I'm I'm interested in in how yours works in which so you guys negotiate an insurance company doesn't negotiate we already covered that they don't in, negotiate because it's not in their best interest. However, another big difference is a healthcare company has or a health insurance company has a giant um cost of of running it. Administrative costs are through the roof. Your website says it's only yours is only $25 per month per person. How is that even possible? Is is that like one, true? One is that something or it's like one eighth or something like that of what the health plans? I mean, think about this, right? Like you've got hundreds of thousands of doctors across the country. Many of these organizations have to be contracted with every single one of those doctors. We don't have contracts with anybody. Um, you know, we just go in and say, what is your cash pay rate? And so that's way, way easier than than having to have contracts with these folks. And in fact, contracts actually increase prices, not decrease prices. So, you know, let me give you one example. We have I live in Austin, Texas. We have two big hospital systems here. United Healthcare came in and even if they did want to negotiate, they could they're they're negotiating against a duopoly. Right. So these Mm -hmm. two big health systems, if you lose one, you're screwed in Austin because every single employer wants access to both of these health systems. Right. We don't have to do that, right? I have, and therefore I have more negotiating power against those big hospital systems than United Healthcare does. Like I can go in, I can go into the ER. It can be a hundred thousand dollar bill. The, the hospital looks at me and says, "Okay, you know, Schoonovers, you're not going to be able to pay a hundred thousand dollar bill. That's what the health plan would pay. What you know, what can you pay? Let's negotiate. You know, per my earlier you know conversation, they have to negotiate with you. So, will you do fifty thousand? We stretch it out over 20 months. Okay, so you're going to do 2,500 bucks a month for 20 months. Great, let's do that, right? So we just took a, you know, I forget what my example was, but, you know, um, a $100,000 bill that we negotiated down to 50,000, we stretched it out over a period of time at zero financing. Like that is the market at work, 
right? Like yeah. that, that is us being market participants as opposed to this, these big health plans being like, okay, you know, whatever price you give us is, is, is fine. Um, and so, you know, that's why we're able to get these prices down significantly because you're, we're negotiating on your behalf. You're still uninsured. Um, and the hospitals then have a decision to make, um, you know, and, and, and so that's, that's the kind of the primary driver of being able to reduce costs. It's market forces. It, it's, it's introducing market forces, that invisible hand right into, uh, into healthcare. Understood. Um, my, my, my question though, more specifically is at, it says $25 per person is all the yeah, admin sure. costs are. You, you have to have employees. There's people out there negotiating on the, the patient's behalf. How is that $25 covering your internal costs? Yeah. I mean, it's, we have to get to 5,000 people, um, to break even, um, we're, you know, almost halfway there. Um, okay. we have a bunch of so you're, VC so you're operating money. At, a, at a loss right now. And okay. That makes sense. Yeah. We're, um, we're VC funded. So anybody familiar with VC funding is they're like, sure. I want you to run at a negative for as long as yes. possible because your, your growth first and, uh, uh, and 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 worry about the profit later. I mean, Amazon did the same thing. All the big companies that we know that are mi- monsters that you know now are did the exact same thing. You just run at negatives for a little bit. And yeah. um, I've got investors. Um, I'm the largest individual investor in the company, and then I've got two other big investors who will fund this. Um, and actually, we're out. You know, about to raise another ten to fifteen million bucks um, to continue on. Wow. So yeah, um, you know, it's it's going really really well. Yeah, I've I've been down that VC route. It's it's interesting. I learned a lot of things about capitalism I did not previously understand. Like working <laughs> working at a negative is something they want. Um so that that I I guess that answers my next question is when you're when you're small, uh this business the risk I can foresee is uh you don't have a ton coming in cuz you said you have like 2000 people, so it's not mm. an unlimited amount of money. What happens if you get hit with, hit with like four heart surgeries in a row and you sure. can't pay. What's the, what's the plan there? Yeah. And, and here's the beauty of this model, right? Is, is a, a big chunk of your premium that you're paying to United Healthcare sits in this big pool of capital that United has that says, if something big happens, then we'll, you know, have this pool of capital to, to support um, that big event. So l- let's just say, you know, um, we have a, a, a NICU baby who's there for six months and it's a million dollar you know, at least yeah. claim at least. Um, you know, so again, the hospital goes to that, that member and says, okay, I've got a decision to make. It's either I charge you a million bucks or I negotiate with you. Um, and if they don't negotiate, then we have attorneys that are going to actually require them to negotiate with you and inform them that you are required to negotiate. So that a million bucks probably gets down to three or 400,000. And they will stretch that out over a two-year period. So let's just say it's $15,000 a month. And even if we only have 2,000 members, that's $7 per member per month out of their okay. 200 that they're putting in. So it's super tiny. Mm-hmm. We could have 10 NICU babies, right? Um, which, you know, if you kind of look at probability, like is zero probability. Um, but mm-hmm. we could have 10 NICU babies and still be fine. Um, yeah. And really? so okay. that's that's the way that our system is set up. But again, it's... It's because of the market forces that allow us to reduce that cost, spread it out over a period of time. And, you know, it's the same way we do it with our house, right? Like, yeah. in fact, we, we negotiate for our house. We can't pay it all at once. We spread it out over a period of time. We can pay it. The only thing that we're doing that's better than that is our interest rate is zero. Um, yeah. It's actually a negative interest rate uh, given inflation. So, um, 
that's the benefit of, of us being able to do this. Yeah. Sounds good. Let me, so here's another thing. I don't know if your company is doing, but this, this leads me to this with this, um, you know, with the free market and people like if I'm in it and you're in it, I'm concerned about your health because I don't want to be saddled with all your debt. You have these uh, scores for whether or not people are paying their fair share. Is there any kind of score for like the lifestyle someone coming in is living? Like if if Andy's sitting around all day eating donuts, never getting out in the sun, never exercising, <laughs> he's not being responsible with my money. So is there any kind of sure. are you scoring that in any way? Yeah, there's a couple of groups of people that are very, very expensive. Um, one is people over 300 pounds. So somebody over 300 pounds is like four or five times, something like that, more expensive than somebody mm-hmm. who's of average weight. And so if you're over 300 pounds, you cannot enter the community. Um, if you're a long-term smoker, uh, um, you are four or five X you know, more expensive than a non-smoker. Um, and so you cannot, you know, come into the community. We're, we're kind of evaluating that currently, you know, maybe making them pay more or something, but we're evaluating that. Um, and so those are the two things that keep folks who are, you know, um, setting up a lifestyle, an, an unhealthy lifestyle mm-hmm. to not, not get, get in. You know, the other thing, and this is again, more market forces. Mm-hmm. It is, we have something new, it's innovative. And so the early adopters of this are folks who like new innovative stuff and they tend to be younger. They tend to be healthier. Mm-hmm. And so our member base right now, the average age is 34. Um, the BMI is about four to five points lower than the national average. Um, and so we have people self-selecting um, yes. just this because of what it is. And so we have a wickedly healthy you know, group of, of people um, and most of our, you know, right now our things are like, we just had a torn ACL, like that's just people being active and yeah. it happens like, yeah. and, and the insurance plan, by the way, for a torn ACL, will pay a doc $20,000. We're going to do it for about 11,000. So, uh-huh. um, that's in Austin. Um, so it's not an inexpensive place to do these types of things. So that just gives you one example, but man, I way prefer to, to pay for active injuries than, you know, lung cancer. Well, yeah. I, so going back to the beginning, have they come after you? I can already see where they're going to go. You're, you're obviously fat phobic, right? You're fat phobic. You won't let the fatties in. I've heard it. <laughs> yeah. But, but the reality is what, if this takes off, there are options for overweight people, of course, but something like this driving the market is going to drive better health. It's going to d- drive yeah, people for to sure. take a little personal responsibility for their own health. And we need a lot of that in society. Like we've personal responsibility, not in healthcare, in all areas has gone out the window with COVID. You've not heard Fauci one time, Fauci, Biden, none of them get on TV and say, hey, go outside, exercise, get some sun, get healthy. That's the best way to fight. This is to build up your immune system. You don't hear that because they don't care. They don't care that if you're healthy, you're not making them any money, right? In, in this system where we're all paying for each other, that's what we're encouraging. We want to see good health. We want to bring down the costs. Have any doctors uh, come across this and said, sorry, no, we're not doing this. None. Zero thus far. Awesome. Zero. Awesome. I mean, almost every doctor on, on the, on, in the country, we have not found any that haven't, will take cash. So, I mean, let me, I'll just give you kind of one quick thing is they, they have to bill insurance through an electronic medical record or electronic health record. Um, and that electronic medical record or health record charges them somewhere between 7 and 12% off the top 
of what they collect. Yeah. You know, my, my, you know, my Apple pay, right. Um, through my visa is like a percent and a half, you know? And so even just right there, we're taking 10% ish out of the system, just by the way, like our members show up with a credit card, pay it with a credit card, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're like, I love this. Like I, I for sure would, would take this over, you know, having to haggle with health insurance plans. So yes. doctors love it. I have not heard any negative feedback from, from docs. I'm so interested in this because I, first of all, some, I, this has made sense to me for a long time. Like why has nobody done this? I, I'm so glad you're doing it. I really think it's going to change the game. I had a doctor on uh, in the thick of COVID. I had a lot of doctors on, but this one in particular her name was Dr. Mary Talon Bowden. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. You know her? Mm-hmm. Okay. She started breathe MD in Houston and we were riffing about this exact thing. So she pulled her practice out of the system. Like she does not take insurance. She only takes cash pay and she's working to keep her patients healthy and she treats conservatively rather than pushing surgeries on them and whatnot. Um, and it's working fantastically and people are more than happy to go to her and just pay cash. Even when they have insurance, they just go outside the system. And we were actually discussing this exact idea. Like why has nobody done it? You're doing it. Are you finding are doctors coming to you? Like, um, are you having to reach out and like recruit them? Like what's the the building process been like? Yeah. So we've had a bunch of docs reach out to us. Like, how can I be involved in your, your network? Cause like, we don't have a network, but if there's somebody in, in our, in your area that, that is looking for a primary care physician or a, I think she's an ENT, isn't she? Yeah. Is she mm-hmm. ENT. Yeah. Yep. And actually she reached out to me after I kind of put on Twitter, my $8,000 story. And I, I think it was her where he says like, oh yeah, we do these in the office for like 1500 bucks all day long. And I'm like, I just paid $8,000 for these ear tubes and you do them for 1500 bucks in your office, like, mm-hmm. because they have cash pay, right? Like that's a whole kind of driver of this. So, um, and then we do actually do a lot of outreach to, to docs. Like, you know, one of the, the great things about us is you get your personal, a personal care advocate. So, you know, if you call your health plan, good luck trying to talk to somebody who knows you, right? Like you're talking to big call centers and who knows they're, if they're even in this country with us, You've got a personal care advocate. She's responsible for you. You'll talk to her every single time. You know, instead of calling in and waiting on the line for an hour, you actually have her calendar. Like you can choose a date, time on her calendar so you can schedule a call with her as opposed to, you know, waiting on, on the phone, which is the most irritating thing on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we take care of them. And then you can say, hey, I need a drug or a primary care doctor in Des Moines, right? And we have a, a team that goes to Des Moines, finds the best primary care doctor in Des Moines and says, hey, do you take new patients? Yes. And so then we can then direct them to you, right? So we we make that connection. So it works yeah. really, really well. People love it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't believe, in fact, I know, because uh, like I said, I work in this industry. I, most people are not aware of how horrific and over, over expensive our healthcare system is. Like it's, it's by far the most expensive in the world. And we're not even in the top 15 providers in the world. Like our system is terrible and it's not terrible because we have bad doctors. We have great doctors. It's terrible because of the government involvement and the favors they've given to these insurance companies. Like if the insurance companies had to compete in a fair market and there was no Medicare, let's say, Mm -hmm. and they didn't have lobbyists who were paying off government officials to give them special breaks, we'd have a free market and the insurance system would work just fine. What you guys are doing is essentially what an insurance company should be. I expect 
I expect this is going to take off. They're going to they're going to really come after you hard. You're going to have lobbyists uh, going into government saying, hey, we got to shut this guy down. He's he's fat phobic and he's he's hurting <laughs> patients. He's hurting people. That's what they're going to say. But ideas like this win out. And then there's going to be others. There's going to be competitors to you who are doing the same thing. It's going to fix healthcare. Um, I saw on your website, you guys, um, you're, you're a supporter of Bitcoin, which I love. Yes. Uh, how are you working this into uh, crowd health? Yeah. So, you know, um, sort of any Bitcoin folks out there know a guy named Jimmy Song. He's here in Austin. He's a, he's a friend of mine. He orange pills me, pilled me, as he said, about a year ago. Um, and I was like, how do I, you know, the problem that we have with health insurance is that you put money into this big, big pool, like I mentioned, and it's a depreciating asset because of the inflation. What if we could put it into a, a, a pool, quote unquote, of, of Bitcoin that's going to appreciate, especially when compared to inflation? Um, and so what we're doing is, you know, as I mentioned, the mechanics of this in the beginning is putting money into an account every every month. Well, we're, we're we are, are, are developing a partnership with a a, a a Bitcoin only company that will allow us to put money into the account, convert 75% of it to Bitcoin that's held um, in a wallet that's yours. Mm -hmm. That other 25% can be held for, you know, just liquidity. So if you have a health event come up, you can use that cash. So you don't have to pay for your, you know, you don't have to, to uh, sell your Bitcoin. And then if that Bitcoin goes from, what are we at today? 39,000 yep. to 300,000, which we all, all think right. it's going to over the next few years you own 100% of that upside, right? And so that's the great thing about our system is that is your money, it's your assets, it's your Bitcoin. If you want to leave Crowd Health at any point, you take it with you, right? It's not like the health wow. insurance plan where you stick it into a big pool and uh -huh. it's a, you say, bye-bye, this is your money, you know, your control of it. Um, we will ask you for it to help with others, but if you want to leave, like, okay, bye, you can leave. We charge you a, a, an account shutdown fee. But um, other than that, you take, you know, the vast majority of it with you. Wow. So this and is, so, this is not in a pool that you guys control. It's in. No. Nope. Wow. So what I'm hearing it. here, don't touch the money is if, is if Bitcoin does what Bitcoin should do, assuming government doesn't outlaw it, which they might, if it does what it should do, people who are coming to your business are actually getting they're getting to get healthcare for free and they're going to walk away with more money than they than they started with. I say that and people roll their eyes at me but I was like look if bitcoin does what we think bitcoin is going to do you may never have to pay for healthcare the rest of your life. Yeah. Right? Like that's that's the way I look at it and people are like oh yeah right whatever Andy but I'm like look I I mean I truly believe that could be the case. And so you know instead of throwing your money at a health insurance plan who may or may not pay your bills why don't you put it into, into Bitcoin and you're only going to sell that Bitcoin unless, if something happens in the community mm -hmm. that you have to pay for it. Otherwise, like it'll keep appreciating an asset, you know, and that asset is continues to be, to be yours. Yeah. Um, that seems like a very reasonable thing to, to, to do. And so we're trying to get a thousand people to sign up for this. We're at a, I think two or 300 right now. Um, uh, crowdhealthbtc.com is the website. It just says, Hey, are you interested? It's it, there's, there's nothing like credit cards or anything. Like if you're interested, you know, tell us you're interested, your email address and how many people in your house would be interested. Once we get to a thousand, we're going to reach out and we're going to say, Hey, we're starting this. Let's go. Um, and then we're building a community of just Bitcoiners. So the mm -hmm. Bitcoiners will be funding each other. Oh, wow. Only. And so it's kind of like a, another crowd of people, community of people who are funding each other's healthcare expenses. So yeah, um, that's and, tremendous. And, and, and by the way, I was just at Bitcoin 22 
to and um they're healthy they're younger like this is a good group of people that if you want to get in a community to, to fund healthcare expenses this is a community you want to be in um because yeah. they're 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 you know generally generally you know responsible for their own their own health and will make yeah. decisions as such yep Yep. And, and, and they're not scared. I, I got, I started buying Bitcoin in 2014 is the best financial decision I've ever made. Oh man, I'm jealous. Um, there's no, there's, there's no stopping Bitcoin. It makes two cents unless government comes after it. And even then like good luck government, because how, how do you even regulate that? So I don't see how it loses unless you know maybe some kind of massive smear bitcoin is racist maybe that's to play i don't know <laughs> i don't know like i don't see how they can stop it so something so incorporating this into your already uh, great idea of crowdfunding healthcare um in a community people will get healthcare for free for the rest of their life that's what's going to happen how do people get involved is it is it are you guys everywhere? Are you only in Texas? What? Where are you at right now? You know, we're, we're in uh, 46 of the 50 states, and right. I would love to be in 50 of 50. We just haven't found anybody in Rhode Island, Alaska, and Hawaii. I, you know, a couple of those you know smaller states in terms of population. So no, we're we're all over. Anybody in the U.S. Um, and Puerto Rico can can sign up. Excellent. How do they sign up? Uh, go to joincrowdhealth.com. Um, and you know, it's pretty easy sign up little button is up in the upper right-hand corner, or you can have a conversation with one of our people right there, right in the middle of the, that homepage. You can, you can sign up for a time to talk to one of them and they can answer any questions that you have. So it's, it's very, very easy. Sign Terrific. up process is less than five minutes. Terrific. Awesome. Um, yeah, we don't, I, I don't have people on the show who are like, uh, selling a product, um, because that's not what we do here, but this is something I, I, I <laughs> tremendously believe in and I don't feel like I'm selling something. I feel like this is a service. Um, uh, this is a service to the American public. This is a service to America. Like this healthcare is, other than the wars, healthcare is the biggest drain on the American taxpayer. It's a horrible system. It's getting worse. And this can do so much good to, to fix America. So I'm rooting for you guys. Is there anything else you want to, that I missed? You want to tell the people, um, where can they find you all that? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm on Twitter, so you can, um, find me on Twitter at, uh, join crowd health or schoon over. Andy is my personal Twitter, um, Instagram, join crowd health. I think you, you know, we're, we're pretty fun over there. So we're not your, your lame healthcare company. We, we put some fun stuff up there. So go see us on Instagram too. Also at join crowd health. And uh, yeah, we'd love anybody who's interested to uh, to give us a call and have any more questions. Give us a ring. We'd love to answer them. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much, Andy. Thanks, we'll man. Talk, we'll talk to you in a year and, and see how this is going. Okay. Sounds great. Have a good right, one. Man. Take care.